Coming to you from the Morningstar Mission sponsored studio, this is Carl and Crew Mornings. Helping you take your next step with Jesus. That's what we're all about here, Allie. Do you, have you ever counted your steps? Have you ever worn a, some sort of a tracker? It's funny that you say, oh, steps. I thought you were meaning steps with Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Do you still have your step tracker? Oh, I do. And uh, my daughter wears one too, so she's always uh, trying to compete with me. That's which great. It's never even a competition. Just, Mom, how, how are your steps doing? Oh, I'm somewhere around uh, 3,400. I have 11,000. <laughs> it's always way more. So well, mom doesn't take nearly as many steps in a day as my active 13-year-old. All we need you to take today is one giant step. Just one. And we've got some content that will help you do that. Your number one hub for freedom stories. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, asking a question here. Where were you when you were saved? Let's go to the phones. Alinda from Sherville, Indiana. Thanks for calling in this morning. Uh, tell us, where were you when God saved you? Okay, good morning. So I was in the neonatal intensive care unit at University of Chicago. Um, I had just been airlifted from Northwest Indiana during a complicated pregnancy at 27 weeks um, where I developed congestive heart failure, kidney failure, and my lungs were filling with fluid. Um, So my daughter was born, she was a pound and a half at her smallest, and I was faced with the big decision of continue with the strength that I always thought I had to be in control of everything, or surrender it and and give it all to God. And I looked at this little baby, and I knew that um, my strength was inadequate, Mm. and I did what I'm doing now. And I just cried like a cry that I've never felt before. And I just surrendered. And I said, I'm done being the one in control wow. and the one fighting. And um, I gave her to him and I gave myself to him. Um, and it has been the best decision I ever made in my life. And I didn't even know at that time when I cried, when the doctor stood with a laundry list of complications and problems that we could face, and I just cried, and it felt so good, and I wasn't scared. Oh. And I knew that whatever happened was going to be okay because he was in control and not me. And that was it'll be 24 years ago this Saturday, or I'm sorry, next Saturday, May 27th, that that happened. And it's been the best day of my life, which should have been the scariest, and it was the best day of my life. Beautiful. Linda from Shiraville. Oh. Sister, thank you so much for calling in. Unbelievable story. Boom, sister. Wow. You're in the boom crew. What an amazing thing. You know what's amazing about salvation is God, the amount of people that have come to Jesus in the most unusual ways. Yeah. Different places. Oh. It could be a hospital room. For you, it was a car. It could be in church. It could be you had saw someone who was in a, uh, a mental institution. Yeah. It could be. Outside the temple in Jerusalem when 3,000 were added to their number at their first gathering. By the way, welcome to the family. 9702 just gave their life to Jesus. So did 2968. Boom crew, pray for these folks. They're first time texting to the show ever. That's what we're constantly seeing here, and it's a beautiful thing. Uh, 9880 gave their life to Christ this morning just moments ago. Just got a text from them. So grateful for all the work that God is doing in your heart today. Whether it's number one or 100, 
Take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Where were you when you were saved? You were added to the number. Alvi, first time caller, Buford, Georgia. What are you listening on, internet or app? I'm listening on Alexa. Oh, way to go. Fantastic. Alvi, good to have you with us. Tell us your story. When, where were you when you were saved? I was in church. I had ran away from home at the age of 15 from a farm in Arizona. Never heard the gospel, never. And when I got to my sister's house after I ran away to live with her, my brother-in-law, I noticed his life was, he was a heroin. He took heroin. He sold heroin. And we knew that. And when I saw the joy in his life and I saw so much, I said, Robert, what happened to you? He said, Jesus came into my life. I said, what? How does that happen? He said, you just have to, you just have to receive him as your Lord and Savior and admit that you're a sinner and know that you're a sinner. And I went to church with him. I heard the gospel that night from the pastor, and I went up to the altar, and I gave my life to Jesus at the age of 15. I will be 82 July the 6th. And my husband, I went to Bible college. The Lord called me right away. I went to Bible college, and I met my husband. We pastored for 48 years. And I tell you what. Yes, I had never, I never knew I was a sinner. I had never heard the gospel. But when I heard it, I knew I needed Christ in my life. And I am a grateful old lady loving Jesus. We live in in Buford, Georgia now with our son. But I tell you what, I am happy to be born again, to know Jesus, to love him, and to read the word every day. What a treasure we have as Christians. Yes, yes. yes. God is so good. He is so good, Alvy. What? That is Wow. That is so good, Alvy. Alvy. And we'll be married 58 years in September. 58 58 years. years. That's tremendous. Wow. Yeah. Alvi, thank you for your testimony, sister. For those of you that have felt in a little bit of a spiritual funk today, let Alvi blow a little life into your soul. Yes. No joke. Uh, that will fire you up. Lois, first time caller in Elgin. What do you say, sister? Uh, hi. I was, uh, I was at home <clears throat> when I accepted the Lord. Um, I was watching a Billy Graham uh, revival program on TV and I went to church all my life and went to, you know, Sunday school and went to VBS camp in the summer. And I thought I was a Christian, but I realized that um, I really hadn't given given my life over to the Lord. I, I had put myself on the throne. And at that time, I was in my late 30s and I realized I really hadn't give, surrendered my life to Christ. And so I got down on the floor and, mm-hmm. and I prayed and, and I accepted Christ there on the, in my living room. And, and I took myself off that throne and put Jesus on that throne. And um, my life has changed dramatically. And it's been 26 years now and I'm, I'm still following the Lord. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm alone now, but um, I'm, not, I'm never alone because yeah. Jesus is with me every step of the way. Yeah, yeah, that's right on. You know, I, I want to encourage you, Lois. Your sister, we love you. You're a precious woman of God, and it's a cool story. 
And I, when you were talking about going to your knees in front of that TV screen, I could envision you going to your knees. That's a it's a humbling posture to be in, isn't it, Lois, when you go to your knees? That shows you your Yeah, I was just on the floor bowing before the TV, and I just was sobbing. Yeah. I knew it was real then, you know, but I, you know, a lot of people think they're Christians, but they're really not unless they, you know, God talks to me all the time. And I've, I've got a lot of friends who are just amazed at some of my stories, but um, God's really blessed me and he's been there with me every step of the way. Way to go, Lois. We love you, sister. Blanca, Sugar Grove, give us your story, Blanca. Good morning. Yes, um, I was in my room too. I was at night. I had the I was I had the news that I was pregnant and I was thinking to have an abortion. So I was just thinking to make the the mm. appointment for the abortion and I was listening to the radio. I was not a Christian, and the radio, the song, as I was just talking to. To myself, saying I'm going to do this, and this is this is what I, the best thing because I, I I don't need this. The song came out in Spanish, Vicente Fernandez, Hermoso Cariño, which is precious, like precious love. Okay. And the lyrics literally says, "A precious love given by God. It's like your toy that you have never got." And that's when I cried, and I started saying, "I'm sorry." to God, and I just said that I needed his help, um, because I was going to be a single mom, and I opened up my Bible that, and quinceañeras, they give you a Bible, and it was hiding in my closet, and I opened it, because I felt like I just need to read something, because you're real, you're talking to me, and the when I opened it, just randomly, it says... I command you to be brave and courageous. Wherever you go, I'll be there. And I remember that that was like speaking to me. And I, I just was crying and crying from that day. I knew that I received it, but I didn't know anything about how, how do you receive this in a Catholic. They don't tell you how to have a relationship with God. But my friends, yeah. they were Christian. They started telling me that God can speak to you through different ways and I knew I knew that I had a relationship with God and I started going to to their Christian church. Oh, so I told my daughter that that day I was planning to kill her but God killed my old self and two lives were safe. Oh Blanca that wow. <laughs> oh sister thank you. Thank you Blanca. There's so much said in your story Blanca that is so powerful and so important for so many people listening right now. I told my daughter I was going to kill her, but God put my flesh to death. Mm. I'm sorry. Sometimes it's hard to do radio here, man. Yeah. Going from believers of Jesus to followers of Jesus. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, we do radio. This is so different here. We have fun. We cut it up. This is... Sometimes I, I'm like, people that are just cruising by and hear what we're doing here, because you know how many thousands of people just cruise by the radio station. Yeah. Doing a scan or whatever. Oh, yeah. Flip they the must dial. think we just lost our ever-loving mind, because what we talk about is so foreign to 
any mainstream discussion around sports or news or, you know, music channels or whatever. I mean, it's just different. But here's what's awesome. We're seeing so many lives transformed by the power of Christ. And we get a front row seat to hear all these stories. And they've been pouring in here today and people are asking, oh, can we ever hear these again? And Allie does this. She does these snapshot testimonies and she gets people to come in here. They get to share. You love hearing these stories because you're like, I do. That one's coming on snapshot. Well, because, you know, we, for radio purposes, we only have about 30 seconds for somebody to share. And there's a lot you can get in 30 seconds, but so many times I think, oh, I would love to hear more of that story. Yeah. And so I just follow up with people and we do a podcast because the great thing about a podcast is you're not limited by time. No, no. So we get to 15, 20 minutes to get the story. So cool. So we're asking you, where were you when you were saved? Where were you? John, first time caller, Elmwood Park. Come on, man. What do you say? Hi, Carl. Hi, guys. Hey, so I, I uh, was 23 years old in 1993. I was doing construction um, and I we weren't sure if it was going to work. We were on 294. It was uh, February 3rd. And at like seven in the morning and we, I, we got in each other's cars to see, waiting to see if we're going to work. And so when I got in there, the guy was talking to another guy about Jesus and I heard about this guy. And then, um, and then he started asking, talking to him. And then I started asking questions and he started focusing on me and passing me back this little Bible. And I trusted in that because I grew up Catholic, but I never really went to church. And then I, but I was broken throughout my teenagers. I was really broken. And then he yeah. started focusing on me. And then at the end of this conversation, the guy next to him was making fun of me and said, Hey, Mike, tell John how to get to heaven. Uh, and I just, I'm like, how do you get to heaven? And he, I just prayed this prayer out loud with him. And I, I mean, from that moment on, I mean, I found God and I just, Mike took me to church that night and I, I gave my life to Christ right there in the back of that car. And it's, it's done. And God is, I mean, he, he, he worked on my brokenness and he, he, you know what I mean? And I, and I found, I found the Lord and I, and it was amazing. That's awesome. John. Wow. You spiritual yeah. stud muffin. What year was that again? 94? <laughs> 1993. 93. Yeah. Oh, bro. Great story. First it's time caller. Thank yeah. you so much. You Listen, hang on. Hang on the horn here, dude. I don't know why I'm going Carl and Cooper's packs here. Crazy that's today. So great. But that's just the way we're going to roll here. Stay, right. on the, stay on the horn, John. Boom, brother. You're in the boom crew. That's why we call you the boom crew. Because you're so awesome. We just go boom, 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 boom. All over the place. <laughs> just boom. Jacqueline, first-time caller in Virginia. Where are you listening, on the app or on the web right now? I'm listening to Alexa. I just discovered it. I could do that a couple months ago. Awesome. awesome. Good to have you with us. Give us your story. When were you saved? So I was raised in a wonderful Christian home where relationship with Christ was so important. But it wasn't until I was eight years old at Christian summer camp, Camp Hickory, um, which is out there in Illinois. And I just, by Wednesday, I realized, listen, I'm not born into this. I need to make my own choice. This mm-hmm. is a choice I have to make. And I sat by the tree with my counselor and accepted Jesus. And it was real, wasn't it, Jacqueline? Yes, it's real. And I'm almost 56 now and still have stayed true. And I remember that moment. And it's always been so dear to me. So July, July is my spiritual birthday, but I just don't know the date. That's okay, Jacqueline. That's all right. What was the day like? Do you remember what the day was like? Was it midday? Was there a breeze in the air? Was it sunny? Was it overcast? Do you remember any of that? Yes, it was sunny. It was midday. And I had just been having little conversations and 
I I don't remember the counselor's full name. She her name was Judy, and she had short hair, <laughs> and she <laughs> and she just was so patient and just listened. And it, and when I said, "Do I need to become a Christian?" because I've been raised in my church and I believe this and I know this is all true. And she said, yes, I had to make that personal choice, which is what I thought I was understanding. At eight years old, you know, you, you need that guidance. So, And I had wonderful Christian parents that got me to the point where when I was at camp, I could ask those questions. I just love that Christian parents and Christian counselors or Christian teachers, Christian, you know, leaders yeah. can walk alongside and Amen. guide children. Amen. Jacqueline, love you, sister. You're calling from so far away. I'm going to keep you on the horn here. We're going to give you Carlin Crew prize text. Yeah, I can find a reason for anyone. She's in Virginia. Okay. She's in Virginia. (laughs) The thing that I love about her story is that she, she said something that was critical. She, she realized that I'm not saved just because I was raised in a Christian home. Yeah. That is, that is such a Deception. deception that is pervasive. I mean, it's so pervasive, Allie. It's so easy to kind of assume. And we hear this based on oftentimes how people share their testimony. Oh, yeah. Like, well, how did you come to know the well, Lord? I've always known the Lord. I've always known the Lord. No, or, you haven't, by the way. I was born into a Christian home. And so there's this common misunderstanding that I think it's important to keep dispelling that it's not, you, you, don't, you aren't grafted in. You don't inherit the faith just because your parents or your grandparents were in Christ. No coattails in glory. Right. None. Got to come on your own. See, you're going to be judged alone. That's why you need to decide alone who's going to be your leader. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew mornings. Oh, my goodness. Why do we do what we do? Why are we here? <clears throat> I'm going to just be really honest with you. I shared this last night. I was asked to go to a uh, church that's raising about a million bucks for a new campus launch. And they asked me to come in and just pour out my heart about that they're not raising money for a budget, but to reach a city. And I did. But in the process, it was really cool. I got to listen to a couple of stories of some that had received Christ at that church right there on stage. It was awesome to hear. And you know what I was realizing again last night? And it's good for me to remember this over and over and over again. Many people have never heard what we have to come face to face with. We are born with our backs to God. We are missing the mark. In our strength, we have no ability to get our life squared with God. No amount of good works, no amount of stuff that you do that you think is noble is going to get you squared with God. Only a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, you might say, well, how do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? First off, you got to understand this or else you won't understand this word I'm about to give you. When you have a relationship with Jesus you're walking with him and he is leading you. No joking. This is why the scriptures then will make sense. So you're walking with him and he's leading you. But in order to walk with Jesus, you have to turn around. Because according to the book of Matthew, there's this broad path and you're walking down it with a ton of people, billions on this broad path. And Jesus is calling out to the world and people from every nation, tribe, and tongue are are doing this today. And today you might be added to this number. You have to hear the voice of God, and that's a miracle. That's a miracle of the power of the Holy Spirit calling your name, saying, turn around. 
You see, apart from repentance, which is what that means, turn around, you cannot know a relationship with Jesus because he's going the opposite way that you're going. He's going the opposite way. Now, here's what's awesome. You can be added to the number of those who are following Jesus, have a relationship with him, and everything's going to change. You might say, well, how do I do this? you got to be born again in order to turn around. Now, how this happens is simply this. You no longer see Jesus as a great teacher or someone to be admired or someone to sing about or someone to even teach about. You see him as someone to be followed. And in order to follow Jesus, you need to confess your sin that you've been following your own path, your own devices, and repent and say, Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner. I'm turning around right now. I'm giving my life to you. I repent. I did that, 1984, uh, February 11th, 1984. I'm going to say this to you. This, some of you listen for the first time. This may shock you. I had a horrible cocaine addiction so badly in the early 80s that I couldn't, I couldn't stop my nosebleeds for a couple of months. I mean, I could stop them, mm-hmm. but they would just ignite. Boom, yeah. boom. I'm driving down a road, broken, hurting young man, outside life of the party, inside dying. And Jesus said, are you done yet? Now, I'd heard of Jesus my whole life growing up. I knew the verses. I knew it all. I sang the songs. But on that day... I said, I'm done. And I got off that broad path that Carl was walking on. I repented of my sin and I turned around and I gave my life to Jesus. So what's it look like? I got two questions for you. One, are you ready to recognize that you are a sinner who needs a savior and his name is Jesus? Just say it. If you aren't, say no. You can say it out loud in the cab of your car. No. If you are, say yes. First time ever. You're ready, first time ever, to admit it. I need a Savior. Awesome. Secondly, and this is kind of the acid test of this thing, because this this metaphor of turning around and walking on this path and letting Jesus leave you, that means you're willing to leave behind all the life you've been making for yourself on that broad path, turn it around, and let Jesus now carve a new path for your life. Yeah. Oof. So the stakes are high. See, this is a big deal. It's a total life shift. Are you ready to do it? If you aren't, just say, no, that that wasn't me. I guess I didn't believe him for that. But if you are, just say yes. Just say it out loud. Why don't you say this? Yes, Jesus, I'm going your way. I believe that you died for my sins, and I believe you're alive today. Even that's a miracle. I don't even know how this happens. All I'm telling you is the Holy Spirit works. Jesus described him as a wind that blows, and we don't even know how it's all working. Yeah. But he does. And if that's you today, welcome to the family. You are added to the number of those who are saved. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. How awesome is this, Allie? And if that's you, we have something we want to send you. Just text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. After you have that conversation where you're honest with God, confessing that you're a sinner in need of a savior, repenting, which means you're turning and going on that narrow path. You're going a new way where you follow Jesus. You allow him to lead you. If that's you, just text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. Awesome, man. Welcome to the family. Gotta go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carlin Cruz Showcast wherever you like to stream. 
You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Where were you saved? What was going on? Willie, come on, baby. I've never heard your story. Come on, brother. What do you say? Hey, hey, man. I, I was one of them three times a year church going people. <laughs> I went to church three times a year, Mother's Day, Christmas, and Easter. Yeah. I went on Mother's Day because my mama was there. I went on Easter because the kids were there, and I went on Christmas to give gifts and to receive them. Right. But I had a drug addiction, and I would only go to church on Mother's Day. One year, in 1980, I went. And in 1981, I went back. I had a pocket full of dirty money. And and I had the Lord deal with me that whole year. My addiction wouldn't be authoritative. And you know what I mean. Yep. Whatever I would do to get high, it wouldn't say I could... God would blow my high, so I had to quit yeah, doing it. Yeah. But I ain't going to take up all the time. No, no, no. But- Willie, 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 you're right, brother. For those that are listening and are stuck in addiction, what God will do in his grace is make that thing not work. You can't get That's high right. enough. Look, it's a true story, man. Listen, I would spend all of my money doing it. I was doing heroin, and and I would. what would wind up happening? Something would come up about Christ. Somebody, a wine head or, 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 or a body and tender man, you know, yep. wherever I went to make my hustle, that he, God would blow my high and I got fellowship. 1981, I'm 75 years old, man. And from 1981 to now, I've, I've been united. With fellowship with God, yeah. and He showed me some things, man. I, I I I can't tell my story like that the way I do. But when I testify in my home assembly or uh, in my church assembly, I'm on I'm on the administrative board. I'm a deacon and a, 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 a assistant Sunday school teacher. See, when I tell them the goodness of Jesus, yeah. And all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Yeah. I praise God for yeah. saving me. You know, I tell people that if you had any kind of addiction, whether it was wine and balls or, or chocolate chip cookies, if you had a drug addiction and God delivered you from it, you ought to tell of his goodness. You hear what I'm saying? Oh, Willie, do I hear you? You could preach all day. Call, I've been there. Hey, man, I've been there. I know. We were, we were in the... Like you heard what I said. I had $3,000 worth of dirty money in my pocket yeah. at the time. Yeah. yeah. Didn't change Jesus. Yeah. It was Jesus then and it's Jesus now. Oh, Willie, you're going to give me the glad glads here, Willie. <laughs> you're going to give me the glad glads. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Oh, my word, Willie. Wow. <laughs> Keep Willie on the horn. I don't know if I get it with Carl Price back yet. <laughs> I just love Freedom Friday. Willie, Willie. No, here's what's cool. I've never met Willie face to face, but I know Willie. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because Willie and I had addiction. And when he says all of a sudden for a full year, he couldn't get a high anymore because Jesus kept taking it from wow. him. No, it's real. I mean, I, I went to a point where I couldn't. I mean, a gram of blow, I could barely get anything out of it. You drop 150 bucks and you get 30 seconds of a buzz. I, I, I know what Willie's talking about. Wow. But he's born again and he tells people about it. <laughs> Nelly. Boy, does he tell people about it. If that doesn't fire you up, you, you got, got wet, wet wood. wood. 
Boom Crew. Celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. I can relate to the willies of this world as a Jesus follower more than a lot of people. And let me tell you why. The, the year leading up to my salvation, I was like Willie. These people would show up at these parties and the name Jesus would come up. I mean, we're out there partying down, man. We got yeah. we got booze flowing. There's cocaine lining on the mirrors. And I mean, it was laid out there. And and it was like something Jesus spoken over here and something Jesus spoken over there. And as I look back in retrospect, I'm like, man, God was just warming me up the whole time because hmm. I couldn't get away from it. At the moment, how did you feel about hearing about Jesus? Oh, no, it was like, get out of here. Hmm. I mean, I wanted to get, I'd walk across the room, get yeah. away from that person. I'd walk over there. I'd be like, ah, party's over for me. I'm bouncing. I'm gone. Because God is extending his mercy to you. And by the way, ooh, I feel prompt to say this to you right now, you. God is calling you out of darkness and into the marvelous light of his grace. And you're hearing stories on this Freedom Friday, and it could be yours. And you might say, I don't know that I can be set free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Carl, how do I find that freedom? One way, my friend. You need to repent. And repentance involves acknowledging that you're on a one-way ticket to hell right now. And then when the end comes, you're going to be bundled up with the rest of the weeds that look somewhat okay from the world's perspective, but it ain't working. And you're going to be cast aside, eternally separated from God. And I don't want to be any more graphic than that because I think you get it. My spirit says you get it. But to repent and turn around means that you confess that Jesus Christ is the leader of your life and you're no longer taking control. And you admit gladly, I'm a sinner. I know there's some of you listening right now and you're too prideful to admit it. That's okay. I pray your day will come. But some of you are humbled enough to admit it. I'm a sinner. And today is your day of salvation. And so I'm going to ask you, are you willing to confess I'm a sinner and I'm on a broad path and I've been going my own way? And I don't and shine this, how much you've gone to church or been raised in a church school or some Catholic or evangelical system, it doesn't matter. Have you been saved by the Savior? Today's your day. Are you willing to confess that you are a sinner that needs the salvation of Jesus dying on the cross for your sins? Just say yes. Yes, God hears that. He sees your heart. And the evidence of that being real is, are you willing to repent right now? Turn around, get off that broad path. That means walk away from the life that you've built for yourself. Totally, totally walk away from the life. It doesn't mean that uh, you, you are going now to another town. It means that God is making you a new person. Are you willing to turn around, repent, and now have a relationship with Jesus? Follow him, be loved by him, be taught by him the rest of your life. You can have a story like Willie, like Jacqueline, like John, like Linda, like Alvy. You can today. Is that you? Oh, good. I want you to pray with me. Just let's just do this right now. Jesus, I believe. I believe you died for me. And I love you. Tell him that. 
I've never before felt such an urge to go a new direction in my life. But today I repent. I turn around. And I'm following Jesus. And I give you everything that I am. And all that I have. Take control. It's not me in charge anymore. It's you. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know. You prayed that in your heart, and right now, streams of living water. All of a sudden, it's like somebody opened up a faucet. Whoa, what is that? That's the power of the Holy Spirit filling you up. Most amazing thing in the world happened to me. Happened to Willie. Happened to Jacqueline. Happened to John. Happened to Alvy. And it's happening to you. We want to help you. Right now. Right now. Once you get to the side of a road, get to a quiet place, open your phone, get it out. Because we want you to text one word to a number that Allie's going to give you right now. And man, are we going to help him, Allie? If that's you, just text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. We're going to send you a link that's going to give you some uh, next steps and a link to some churches. Text the word welcome to 312-274-9624. Sweet. Everything you need to start your day right. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Where were you when you were saved? Where were you? Important question here. Okay, um, Lois, first time caller in Elgin. What do you say, sister? Uh, hi, I was uh, I was at home <clears throat> when I accepted the Lord. Um, I was watching a Billy Graham uh, revival program on TV, and I went to church all my life and went to, you know, Sunday school and went to VBS camp in the summer, and I thought I was a Christian. But I realized that um, I really hadn't given given my life over to the Lord. I, I had put myself on the throne, and at that time, I was in my late 30s, and I realized I really hadn't give, surrendered my life to Christ. And so I got down on the floor and, mm-hmm. and I prayed and, and I accepted Christ there on the, in my living room. And, and I took myself off that throne and put Jesus on that throne. And um, my life has changed dramatically. And it's been 26 years now and I'm, I'm still following the Lord and, um, uh, you know, I'm I'm alone now, but um, I'm, not, I'm never alone because yeah. Jesus is with me every step of the way. Yeah, yeah, that's right on. You know, I I want to encourage you, Lois, your sister. We love you. You're a precious woman of God, and it's a cool story. And I, when you were talking about going to your knees in front of that TV screen, I could envision you going to your knees. That's a it's a humbling posture to be in, isn't it, Lois, when you go to your knees? That shows you your Yeah, I was just on the floor bowing before the TV, and I just was sobbing. Yeah. I knew it was real then, you know, that I, you know, a lot of people think they're Christians, but they're really not and unless they, you know, God talks to me all the time, and I've, I've got a lot of friends who are just amazed at some of my stories, but. Um, God's really blessed me and he's been there with me every step of the way. Way to go, Lois. We love you, sister. Lois, I can't do this every Freedom Friday, but I am, I am such a softy. It's so bad. 
our mail-in team probably is going to wonder, what in the world was Clawson <laughs> up to today? Stay on the horn, Lois. You're getting a Carlin Crew prize pack, too. Fred and Racine, come on, man, tell us. Hey, personal call. Um, I had received, uh, well, at least I thought I had. I had received Christ in my life before. I, I had like went down to went to a church and heard the preaching of the gospel. And I walked, before, I walked down to the aisle. Yeah. And I, I presented my life to Christ, but uh, you know, I struggled and I struggled and I struggled. So I ended up just going back into the world. But then all of a sudden, like years later, I ended up catching cancer. And uh, I heard a testimony that how God could heal. And I just went on my knees. I said, Lord, I said, if you're real and you heal me of cancer, I said, I'll serve y'all the days of my life. And to make a long story short, uh, cancer ended up drawing me to Jesus Christ. And Christ ended up making me whole. He healed me of counsel. He showed me about the stripes of Jesus. I was made whole. And it's just a beautiful thing. Now I really have a, a, a relationship with the true, true living God. And I mean, it's a relationship that I'm so amazed. Now I'm made whole and I'm serving God with all my heart. And I just thank God for that. Oh, Fred, I I love, Lord. Fred, I love you, man. That's I love so you, Fred. That is a great story, man. Wow. I love what he said. He was healed from cancer, but it was Jesus who made him whole. Yeah. I, if you listen to these stories, and I mean, and Fred, li- listen, Fred gets this. Yeah. The fact is, he walked down an aisle, and he said us, mm-hmm. and he said a prayer. Mm-hmm. It happens. But there's got to be a heart that turns around. Yes. This is not lips. This is heart. This is why there's no set patent. This is the prayer you pray. Mm-hmm. It isn't there. You can't find it there. anywhere in scripture. You know why? Because it's not a prayer as much as it is, is a cry of mm-hmm. the soul. Yeah. Was for me. Yeah. Oh, these days are awesome. <laughs> Come on, man. New to the show? Stick around for a while. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Special guest with me right now, I call him the Gospel Man. He's the 10th president of Moody Bible Institute, founding pastor of New Life Community Churches across Chicagoland, by the way, newlifechicago.org. If you're looking for a church, there might be one of these near you, newlifechicago.org, pastor and Dr. Mark Job. How you doing, young man? I'm doing great. It's the end of the year. We're uh, looking forward <laughs> to uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus the Christ in a massive way and excited to see what God will bring in in this new year. Yeah, that's great. Year-end giving, there's a lot of talk about this, but the reality is, let's just break it down. There are some practical stewardship advantages to making year-end gifts, and there's spiritual impact that can be made. Give an appeal for Moody Bible Institute, Mark. For many ministries and non-for-profits, December is the most crucial year in their budget. Moody is no different. December is a critical year because a lot of people at the end of the year decide to give a year in donation. By the way, I love that about America. This is true not only of Christians, but non-Christians alike that we tend to be a a generous country. And so the end of year is a big time for all of us. And Carl, I I believe that the Bible says that wherever your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so I think that our money follows our heart. There's a lot of great, important causes out there. But you know what unites what we call Moody Bible Institute? Moody Radio has programming across the nation, in Africa, other places. Moody Publishing, 3.5 million books a year. Today in the Word, almost a million subscribers to that. We have our school. We have our aviation. What unites all this is at Moody is 
the priority of the good news of Jesus. It's the gospel. Yeah. We prepare people to live on mission, but what has started this ministry 137 years ago is the gospel of Jesus Christ, started by an evangelist. So I think there's no higher cause to give to than the advancement of the gospel. Amen. Yeah. And so your treasure goes to where your heart is at. If your heart is in the gospel, if your heart is in the good news, evangelism, seeing people come to Christ, knowing the good news of Jesus, proclamation, then I, I'm hard pressed to think of a better place to give for the priority of the gospel than Moody Bible Institute. And so I unabashedly, unashamedly appeal to you at the end of the year would you give a year in gift to Moody Bible Institute? We will squeeze all we can out of it to let people know about Jesus. If you don't believe in the gospel, if that's not a high priority, if that's not something that you say I'm committed to, then do not give to Moody because we will use your money for the purposes of the gospel. <laughs> that's so exactly just warning you in advance. Right. Just warning you in advance. We know where this cheddar is going. Oh, that's great. Mark Job, I love you, brother. You're a good man man. And uh, thanks for soldiering shoulder to shoulder with all of us here, not being above anyone, but just uh, being a good servant leader. We love you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys too, Carl and crew. Thank you again for what you guys do every single morning and wake up at those I should I want crazy to say hours. godly, but maybe they're <laughs> no, godly they're godly hours. hours. <laughs> godly hours in the morning to help minister to a lot of people. Hey, have a great December. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Listen, if you want to give this end of year gift, we'd love for you to be a part. Text give to 312-274-9624. Get a link. Let's go, Boom Crew. Let's do it. Let's have a revival of gospel and fund it in a big way. Text GIVE to 312-274-9624. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.